DJ Playboy. <laughs> What's good, Josh? Your man, DJ Playboy, back with another episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast. And I do no episode, not one, without my dog, my partner, my man. Girl, scream like I'm Heath. What to do, brethren? Y'all, 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 y'all. I was listening to Gold School today on Spotify, so I'm charged up 90s style. That's what they call it, Gold School? <laughs> yeah, man. I like that. I like that, man. It's uh, it's crazy, bro. Like, uh, that's funny you bring that up. That '90s hip hop is just iconic. Like '90s people, even '90s R and B. I think maybe '90s R and B more. <laughs> yeah, just, no, '90s R and B is definitely held up to that test of time. It's kind of just iconic. Even kids nowadays who's born in the 2000s or the 2010s, uh-huh. teens or whatever, they they have a certain reverence. For even that you hear the samples sometimes nowadays mm-hmm. on, on songs. Now I was thinking about that the other day. Like the '90s had its mark, man. It, uh, it, 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 it you know what I mean? It, it wasn't. I don't even need, at the time it wasn't fully appreciated. You know what I'm saying? People was like, "Oh, you're doing this." That's sampling became a thing, and people were like, "Well, this is they're talking about sex and all the songs." But that shit really like that's one of my favorite list, uh, stations to listen to on um, Sirius XM. They got one called Fly, and then Rock the Bells even is LL Cool J's channel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that shit just, like... I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if old school will ever... Like, I don't know. Like, I was, like, thinking about that. I was like, LL Cool J got the station that's just uh, old school. I wonder if there's ever a point where Sirius is like, yeah, it's not really worth our time to have the station on here anymore. But then I'm like, there's always oldie stations for every genre of music. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. Maybe it doesn't cost much to keep those types of stations on. No, no, right. Oh. And there's enough people listening to it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's always an appreciation for it because you got music historians that just want to know about shit. Like, I wonder what they was yeah. really rocking to before, you know what I mean, before you was fully into music. And then you got, like, you got people that obviously lived during that time and that song has, a, those songs have a sense of nostalgia to them. So it, uh, yeah, it's always a place for it. But yeah, what else is good with you, man? How's life? I know, uh, we just came off the the Zoom baby shower this weekend. That that was a different experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean it's cool, you know, making making families and stuff. <laughs> weekend was crazy. Came off of a birthday. Yeah. Oh yeah, happy birthday! Happy bit. birthday again, man! Happy birthday! I thought the the Zoom thing was cool. I was like, damn, I feel like I'm glad I didn't have to do it during the pandemic era because it felt like more the spotlight was just more on you. Then if it was yeah. a traditional baby shower, like you had to sit, I, I'm assuming you were sitting in front of a phone or a camera or something like that or a laptop and you know what I mean? Just all eyes on you, you know what I mean? Or at least it felt like that way. Yeah, you mean that you did, you wouldn't want it to be that way? No, nah, well, I felt like at my own personal like baby shower um, when I had one for Mercedes, um, I kind of just got to like mingle through the crowd and just like slide in and out as I wanted to. Whereas I felt right, like, right. you know what I mean? You had to like, it's almost as if you was like hosting a show. <laughs> you was hosting your own like virtual award show, kind of. You know what I mean? And it's just like yeah, I mean that, that, that that's kind of what it is, <laughs> for pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if I, I I think I like it this way because it, it lasts for an hour, whereas a real baby shower lasts for a few hours. Yeah, you're right. You was in and out. <laughs> you was in yeah, and out. Yeah, so you just in and out, and you conversate with everybody one time, mm-hmm. versus. I've I've never had an in person baby shower, but just looking at people who have, it's kind of like people. I've had a wedding, and if it's anything similar to that, every direction you turn, people tapping you on the shoulder, talking about, "Man, you ready? You ready?" <laughs> and I'm getting the same type of questions now, like, "You you ready?" I'm like, "Nigga, if you don't got nothing else to say, don't be talking to me. I know that you ready." So it's like asking the weather, like, "Yeah, it's Wait crazy." Up. The I weather, is better to say. <laughs> yeah, so. Is the, you ready? I don't know if I'm ready. There's only one way to tell if I'm ready. <laughs> especially, especially people who had kids before, they know that like there ain't no being ready Word until up, you, you <laughs> It just happens and you go, man. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. like, like uh, You suck at it or you like, right, I, I can figure this thing out. Word, <laughs> Word up, man. No, no one's a natural. Don't, don't, let the, don't let them fool you, man. Nobody's a natural at this shit. It's, it's, yeah. it's just a whole lifestyle change. But um, it's funny. I always was like, can I get away with like the second baby shower? Cause I mean, I, I don't think I'm gonna have a kid with the person I had my first kid with. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like it would be like a first baby shower, you know what I'm saying? Possibly for the next person I have a kid with. So I feel like I I got a built in one right there. But like if you have a kid with the same person, can you just throw that second baby shower? You might get away with it too because of the pandemic. 
<laughs> you might be like, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> having a person one, yeah. yeah. But I think you can if there's enough. Even if you know, let, let's say I had a a six or seven year old. I think you get away with it. That's enough time where people expect you to have thrown away your first set of stuff. Word. <laughs> and especially if you know, if you know what you have in, like if you know, you know, if you, the, your first kid was a girl and this next one's a boy, that's another out right there, if you want to call it that. That's true. Yep. Shout out to people who say baby clothes too, man. I couldn't do that. I can't do that. Like, <laughs> when she outgrow something, I'll be like, this shit just taking up space in my crib right now. Like, I gotta donate this. You know what I mean? Like, go give this to somebody. Like, I, there's people out there who be saving clothes for like this is when when my kid was three. This is when my kid was five. Like, shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I almost enjoy clearing space for shit. So throwing stuff away is it's my pleasure. <laughs> We, we, we uh, me and wifey was doing house tours, trying to buy a house, and we saw one seller. They had just had the the bassinet in their garage storing it, and their kids is like fifteen and eighteen. I'm like, yo, <laughs> you never know who might need one. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like no fold up joint. It's like one of them old school shits from like the. You ever seen the movie Untouchables with Sean Connery and and uh, <laughs> I know the time. I know the time frame. You know, Cal- yeah, the time era. It, it, yeah, they had this. They had this bat, um, this stroller that looks like a, a bassinet with wheels on it. Rolled down the stairs, it's an iconic scene. But basically, it was like that. Mm. Like there was no f- sleekness to it. It was just a straight up basket with wheels on it. That's it. I, I, that's one thing I don't want to do if I become a homeowner. That's like it's funny because I'm trying to do it now with my apartment that I have. I'm trying to like let me. How can I max out the space? Because I I can look around and see a lot of places where I'm using the space improperly, and I'm like trying to think right. now. Um, how can I max out the space? And then um, also, two, number two is, like, I bought a bicycle because I wanted to get more exercise. We'll get into that in a second. But, like, I bought the bicycle before I cleared out of space to actually keep the bicycle. <laughs> so it's funny. So, like, now I got to kind of, like, the pressure's on now to, like, clear out of space now because I can't just have it sitting in my, right in front of my front door. You know what I mean? Like, it's a fire hazard. Yeah, yeah. It? But um, I had to put the pressure on myself to do it. I had to do it that way because I never would have cleared the space out for it. You know what I mean? It just never would have like came up in my day. So I'm like, I'm trying to do now because to me, like space is like currency. You know what I'm saying? When you got space in your crib to be able to do certain things, it's it's like it's it, you know what I mean. People buy whole houses, buy new uh, rent new apartments just for that space aspect. If you could make the most of your space, it's kind of like money. Right, right. Yeah, but um. Yeah, that's the other big thing that happened to me this week, man. I copped a bike, man. I was like, I got to get my life together. <laughs> yeah, remember you told me, you caught, I mean, you have a, a bicycle already, but you told me you was copping a mountain bike. Copped a mountain bike, yep. I just did it, like, early early birthday present of myself. Um, but really, I just wanted to get out there and get the exercise. And I went out there. I've been out. Um, I bought it this week, like, so I bought it on Monday, and I went out and rode with it on Tuesday. But I ain't going front, bro. It felt, I, for lack of a better term, as corny as it sounds, I felt like a kid again, bro. <laughs> I really nice. just you know what I mean like I had my I had my I had my one earpod in you know what I mean to be safe because I'm riding in the street and whatnot but it's still like it was funny I, I felt like a kid I was riding on the sidewalk a little bit that's <laughs> like yeah. I was so much of a kid I, I felt like a kid I was like I can ride in the street now <laughs> is your t- is your town bicycle friendly where you could actually like let's say you want to actually go run errands or something on your bicycle can you do that um depends on the errands yeah but yeah it depends on errands. I mean we have those uh. I think up here, I think it's an insurance company called CDHP that that sponsors it. But I know in the city they got different bikes that you could just rent. Like you just go up there, swipe your card, and you could take the bike or whatever. And then you got to leave it at another spot where you could park them. Right. Yeah. Uh. Well, we have yeah we have those up here. Um. CDPHP bikes that that people they want people to use for uh exercise and to not drive and shit like that. But um yeah it's, it's they got places you can lock your bike up. They got uh, um the the. The lanes aren't all, all bike friendly in terms of you know what I mean where you're gonna ride and ride in the street. You kind of gotta you know hold your own on certain parts. But um, other, nah, I mean other than that, yeah, people people ride in the street all the time. They know to look out for the bike bicyclists. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean I, I guess the, the the lanes or like the the streets or whatever is really the what I was asking about. Because I mean to lock it up, you could lock it up anywhere yeah. as long as it's like a light post or something somewhere. Yeah, but like like uh. You, you, some spots don't got like a side of the street to ride on. Like it might just be one cars with, and you gotta like ride on the corner. And it depends on the neighborhood. It depends on the neighborhood. Right, like right. some neighborhoods got the specific bike lane that got a picture of the bike in the lane. <laughs> like yeah. you know, this is for bike. Like you know, what I mean, motherfuckers on bikes and shit like that. Some neighborhoods do got that, and then some don't. You know, it's the hood. Like you gotta <laughs> be an urban rider and don't get hit. 
Which is fun. Which is, which is Florida, a fun part of that, it. That's a fun aspect of it, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was in Florida, and uh, I can't remember what, what part I was in. Uh, shit, I can't remember. But like, I was driving around. Mad people was riding bikes, like mad people. Mm-hmm. But like, there was no bike lanes or nothing. The cars is driving mad fast down the street because it was like one of those local. Not quite a highway, I guess. If you're from a city, you would call it a highway. But like, you know, the type of roads you drive 40, 40 50 miles per hour. And I'm like, man, this. <laughs> I just said, man, not yet. Word up. <laughs> I heard bikes went up though during the pandemic. The um, people went hand buying bikes when it first started. Sorry? Yeah, well, because yeah, for exercise because you couldn't be in the gym. Exactly. Uh, mass transportation. People didn't feel comfortable taking the buses. Um, yeah. And it was like March. Remember, it was like March, turning April. So people were like, fuck it, it's about to get warm. Let me get me a bike. So I guess it was like a bike shortage for a little bit. I mean, every time I go to Walmart, I can't never, I had to order mine. I don't never see them at Walmart or Target. I had to order mine from Dick's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I see the kids' bikes all the time, but I mean, like for adults, I never see them. Might have just had to copy your, some old pink huffy. <laughs> <laughs> With the strings on the side, fucking blowing in the wind. Yeah, man. <laughs> I need to ride my bike more. I caught I copped a bike for like five hundred dollars yeah. a few years ago. It was a used bike, and it was uh, so how how it is. This is this is this, um what do you call it? Like a charity. They take used bike parts and like rebuild a bike for you. Oh, right. So it was yeah. So it, it's some bike called Austra Daimler. Okay, that's the brand of the frame, and it's supposed to be like a big thing because people who's into bikes will see it. But oh, word, you got the Austra? I'm like, I guess so, nigga. <laughs> I was just trying to be sustainable. You take this used bike and then, you know, put it some good use. But it's good, though. Like, it's, it, it, you know, the frame is mass sturdy. It's a little bit heavy because it's an older frame. But uh, got a nice rod on it and everything. Got to gotta, gotta put this shit to more use, get some exercise, move around the city a little bit. Yeah, cool. I, I got it to switch up from, you know, I was doing my walks heavy last year. Um, starting to warm up again, so I want to get back on my walking. But I was like, just to add, you know, switch it up. You know what I mean? So, it don't, so I don't plateau. Just to give myself a new yeah. challenge, you know what I mean, and and it's fun though. It's really fun. Like I was like literally ride. I was like I'm just ride till I can't ride no more. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Ride, ride till I get to the like a, a dead end, and, and then I was like I guess I gotta go home now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, it's been a lot happening since we uh we spoke to each other. Your boy Elon Musk was on SNL. I don't know. You seen that episode? Yes, I did. He actually did pretty good. Did he? And I didn't okay. know he had Asperger's uh, syndrome. Yeah, he, he did pretty good. He looks like he has a healthy sense of humor. Mm. I think with Eli, Elon, I go to Eli. <laughs> Elon is like, um, it's just everything he does, and this is probably why it was controversial for him to be on it. It's like everything he does, it, it, it like it, it makes the 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 cryptocurrency go up or down. Like you know, Dogecoin dropped heavy that day. Then. I heard something like Tesla's not accepting Bitcoin anymore because um, of the amount of energy it takes to mine Bitcoin. Um, yeah. And then, but you know what I'm saying? Like, then that brings the price down a little bit of Tesla. And it's like, this is all this funny stuff. Then, you know, he got in trouble for that with the, when, when he was, you know what I mean? The chairman or whatever. And it's like, everything you say, so why does it affect <laughs> these markets? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it probably to him, it's probably not, he does, he's not even doing it on purpose. <laughs> I think some of it he is, but you know what I mean? Some of it might not even be intentional all the time. And it's just like everything he does is like it, it, it affects the markets. People are looking for hidden messages and what he's saying, all this type of shit. Yeah, I think he's just influential. He's like, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. I suspect that he's not trying to fuck people up who invested in these these cryptocurrencies. But, you know, he's a, he feels like talking. Mm-hmm. He has ideas. It seems like a dude who just got mad ideas in his head. He just feel like, feels like saying them, which is kind of dope. So happens to be that he has one of the most innovative companies in the world. He's one of the richest men in the world. People listen to him. But, you know, I saw the, the dude from Barstool Sports, the founder. Mm-hmm. That dude, you know, saying that Elon Elon Musk is trying to fuck people up by, like, I see something like that too. Yeah. Markets like that. Yeah, yeah, I just see something like that. Yeah, my fault. Let me cut you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I mean, you know, I don't know. If you want to invest in that shit, you know what's up. <laughs> Word <laughs> up. It's cryptocurrency is risky. <laughs> if, if the dude can say just talk like that, and then your stock or whatever it is goes way up or way down like that, 
Listen, you might either get rich or you might lose a lot of money. Yeah. And you know he you know what the deal is. <laughs> he he could handle the loss. <laughs> exactly. So can the dude uh from uh Barstool Sports, he can handle that shit too. That's true. Me, I can't. <laughs> Elon Musk is South African. I ain't know that. Oh shit, I ain't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he like like Charlie's around. like I didn't know she was South African. But Elon like a lot of things about Elon, like I I really you know what I mean, I know about him now, you know what I'm saying? But like I guess, you know what I mean, for for years, I guess, you know, he's been obviously popping and, and, and just an innovator, you know what I mean, SpaceX, everything that he's got going on. Um, but no, I'm glad that, I heard it was the third highest rated behind Chris Rock and uh, Dave Chappelle. A word? Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that's, that's big. I mean, you, that's a big draw because, you, I mean, you come for, you, you know, you're going to come out and know that Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock going to have some heat, yeah. but like... Uh, Elon Musk is is just gonna be a lot of curiosity. Be like, I gotta see this. <laughs> nah, saying? That's good to hear that he did good though. At least you know, what I mean, it wasn't just hype. You know, what I mean, at least he he already wasn't like every skit too. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, you, you said he's in South African. I had no idea. I hear his accent, and I'm like, it's like Doctor Evil from Austin Powers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he got an accent. You have no idea where it's from. But like, yo, is this, this dude is either from Haiti. Or Montana, or <laughs> I, I, Vancouver. I can't place this accent. Hey, South African. Word. I didn't know. Cause like he don't sound like no damn Trevor Noah, but you know it, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta learn my accents and shit. Can't stereotype the South Africans these days. Yeah, but the sketches were on point though. His his opening monologue, you know. They they wrote a nice little monologue for him. He had his sketches. That's when he said he had Asperger's, right? In the in the monologue, he, he yeah. In, he, a, in the monologue, he said that. Okay, yeah. I I, I, said, I did hear part of that with the mono. He was talking about how he says everything kind of monotonous. Um. Yeah. But Keith, you know they 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 rescheduled. Uh, well, COVID rescheduled everything, right? <laughs> COVID rescheduled the world, but uh, the the Olympics. That were supposed to pop off last year in 2020 got pushed back to this year, and they're starting within in a couple months, man. It's getting real close. Um, but you know, what I mean, the big news is that Black Lives Matter apparel will be banned from the Summer Olympics. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's interesting. Rule 50 applies to field to play, metal podiums, opening, closing ceremonies. Um, things like raising a fist or kneeling during the national anthem could lead to punishment from the IOC. Um, I was told like during interviews and stuff, they could say, you know what I mean? Things like that. But if they were to wear something that says, um, black lives matter on it or, or anything like that, they could face, um, punishment. Um, the IOC said they, they had a survey and found that a majority of competitors were in favor of the ban. Um, they said slogans such as Black Lives Matter will not be allowed on athlete apparel at Olympic venues, though it approved using the words peace, respect, solidarity, inclusion, and equality. Um, they said of 3,500 athletes surveyed over the past year, 70% said it was not appropriate to demonstrate or express their views on the field of play at the opening or closing ceremony. It's basically telling them to sk- stick to sports. <laughs> yeah. Damn, from the Olympics. How's that? But I, did, like, I don't know. I feel like that's really targeted. Like that's, you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, now that you mentioned that they they surveyed all the athletes and stuff like that, the outcome of that survey, it makes a lot of sense to me. When you look at a lot of countries, like they don't have that culture of expression like America does. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? America takes pride in that. Anybody can say whatever the hell they want, whenever they want, about whomever they want. But... A lot of countries don't got that, and a lot of countries actually enjoy that kind of that kind of um, regulation or that kind of discipline within their ranks. So when you have an athlete, an athlete should stay in their place, do what they do, and move on. But America and a few other countries like France or whoever, like they, that freedom of speech thing is big. So I'm I'm not surprised now if they did that. That same survey amongst American athletes, it will turn out a lot different. But the fact that they surveyed the world's athletes, not surprised at all. Yeah. They said, man, keep that political shit out of here. And I, I get that because it's not, it doesn't concern them. Right? It doesn't. Right. It's so to them, it's not, it's not the biggest thing. I feel like our NBA players might have some issues with that, you know what I mean? Just because of the freedoms they've been given here. 
to to express that and to do that. Um, but I also, you know, what I mean, like I don't necessarily think this is malicious or or or, or even if it is, I think even if, if it is malicious, it, they're covered under the guise of this is an Olympic event. You know what I mean? Like that seems more personal to one culture than another. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, I don't think anything's wrong with holding up a black fist or even kneeling, but I could see why the apparel um, of a certain slogan they feel like would be, why, why, why should I let you wear that slogan but not just do it? You know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Why should I let you push that cause but not push breast cancer? It's like, we just got to shut everything down. You know what I mean? So I kind of right, right. I kind of get where they're coming from with it, and like that is an American thing. Although the George Floyd protests were something that were that happened worldwide, I think the uh, expressing of it during athletic events is something, although fairly new to our culture, is an American thing. Right? Yeah. But it's it's it was interesting to see that that they they specifically chose uh chose that and. Being that it's in Tokyo, um, if someone wants to express Asian American Pacific Islander, um, I guess pride, so to speak, or um, speak out against acts that are against AAPI, is that going to be allowed? You know what I mean? Or is that going to be held to the same standard? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that shit. We'll see. Yeah. Um... It's 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 funny too, like how in this in like in this year, um, not even get on attention, but like Asian American, um, the rights of just you know, what I mean, it's it sucks that they had to go through like terrible acts of violence within the past year or so. But like this was the first year ever that my 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 Apple iPhone decided to tell me that May first is or or May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. I never knew that, like, um. Or that you know, like there's right. a there's a bill. Yeah, in, I mean, it, it just the the increased awareness, mm-hmm. or even like a, a bill in place specifically not to, uh, uh specifically against violence towards Asian Americans. Um, like it, it's even or even in pop culture, you know what I mean? Like you had live action Mulan, you got Marvel's coming out with the Asian superhero, you have Disney making a um an Asian cartoon. You know what I mean? Like it, it uh, it it, it kind of was like a good year for everything to all come together. Like you know what I mean for Asian Americans, and um, I think it, it, it's just something to be said in this country though. Like that BLM is looked at with such disregard, but you know what I mean? Like we just want the same thing, right? We just want violence to stop towards us. But it 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 becomes hard for people. I don't know. It's just like BLM is like it's become like a uh, just like a hot a hot phrase. You know what I mean? One of those cold words is like, oh well, we gotta well what what what's the anti BLM? You know what I mean? What could we say to be the opposite of this? You know what I mean? Uh, all lives right. matter, blue lives matter. It's like, but it's like, damn, we're just trying to say the same message. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, I think people see BLM hashtag BLM or Black Lives Matter as like a. I think at this point, it's become a symbol such that people not, are not even really looking into what it means. Mm-hmm. And that's people who are pro-Black uh, Lives Matter and those who aren't. I, I feel as if a lot of those, those people on either side of it, now it's just like a, a term, like a phrase that just kind of goes together, like LOL or something like that, where it's like, I feel as if like the... They forgot what it really means, like and why people ha- felt the need to say it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what matters. So now, when the something like the the IOC says, "Hey, we don't want no BLM here," I think it, they they're afraid of the the symbol and the symbolism, and forgot to really think about why is it that certain athletes would want to would want to wear that on their shirt or something because it's a simple phrase. It's well, Black Lives matter and it's because you know in a certain country there have been atrocities so why not allow a player to to express that type of thing or athlete to express that type of thing i don't know i guess they just don't see it that way yeah and definitely that that gives us the perfect segue into the next subject which is um you're seeing like a fight happen over the education system in this country and it's like 
I don't even want to know if it's I don't even know if I could call it a rewriting of history because I feel like the history that we were taught growing up wasn't the full story, right? We 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 I think we reached the college level and we was like we were like, oh damn, we didn't they didn't teach us this in elementary school. Christopher Columbus was praised, you know what I mean? We had a day off. Like, you know what I mean? We didn't we didn't learn about some of this stuff until later in our uh education. Um so now it's kinda like a fight over what our kids are being taught. Um, I mean, even me personally, in my own personal life, like my girlfriend, she didn't learn about civil rights in school. You know, what I mean, it wasn't a, it didn't have its own like. Um, but I mean, I guess she did to an extent. But like, we were, we were watching the OJ documentary, and like, she saw like the fire hoses and the dogs and shit, and that was her first time seeing that. You know what I mean? And right. like, um, I just my daughter's in uh, first grade, and albeit it's virtual school. All of February went by without any mention of Black History Month. They did Valentine's Day. They did President's Day, I think, somewhere in there. They, they were talking about being a good citizen. But it was nothing, not one mention of Black History Month, which makes me feel like, I guess the the pandemic, you know, was a curse, but it's also a blessing in some ways because without it, I might have not have realized how much of a, um independent effort I got to make on my end to make sure my daughter learned certain things. To make sure certain subjects are taught, like I would have relied on school to do it, and I'm, I I saw firsthand I can't, I can't rely on school to do it, and it's like um, I literally got to go out and buy the subject matter and the books or find something online for her to you know what I mean videos or something for her to watch just so she can learn about these sub these things though these atrocities that have happened over uh, time, and like the 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 one thing I'm seeing is um, in Texas. There was a a, a, a a vote to ban critical race theory. Um, basically, critical race theory being like an understanding of um, that our country is built over off of certain systematic racism. Uh, you know what I mean? That that's allowed us to get to this point in this in this society, um, and they don't want that to be taught. Um, and and it, it actually Republicans in the Texas House voted Tuesday to limit how racism and history of American slavery is taught in um, Texas classrooms. Um, to me, that shows me that like we actually have to fight um, to teach our kids the history of America. Um, the article goes on to say Republicans have framed the legislation as a referendum on critical race theory a decades-old academic movement that has become a buzzword among conservatives who dispute the existence of white privilege and systematic racism. Um, the bill would limit teachers from pushing this core tenet, such as connecting modern-day inequities to historical patterns of discrimination. So something that me and you know can know to be true in terms of systematic racism, they want to make sure that doesn't get taught in classrooms. Right. I got a question. Did, did, did you learn, uh, like, let's say in elementary school, because you went to a black elementary school, I think, as did I. Mm -hmm. And uh, did, did they teach that in your school? Um, I had, I probably wouldn't, if, if I didn't have one specific teacher, I probably would not have learned it. Um, but I did have a very Afrocentric teacher. Her name was Ms. Gathers, um, yeah. who went out of her way to teach us about, like, uh, Kwanzaa and literally like not not just all oh, Kwanzaa is, is, is you know something celebrated in December around Christmas, but literally going to what each day means and the meaning behind it. Just she made sure that we learned African American history in fifth grade. Um, had I not had yeah. her as a teacher, I probably would have went all twelve years without, or you know, twelve years plus without having any real teaching of it until I got to African American history in college. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I was like, the, I'm not surprised that, you know, the, I don't know if, if your, your kid went to um, a black school, but it goes to a black school. But like, it's not a common thing that was in the in in the curriculum or isn't in the curriculum. Uh, like I had a couple teachers who a couple black teachers who made sure they injected that stuff. And mm -hmm. it was all always had black history month stuff hanging all through the hallways in school. Uh, mad kids had the kente cloth, kind of like Nancy Pelosi wore that time when yeah. they did the kneeling. Congress did the kneeling thing. <laughs> like all the kids, a bunch of kids had that, or all the kids had that at, at fifth grade graduation. But I guess you know. I guess it depends on the on the school you go to and and what type of role models you have access to. But definitely, it, it definitely is on you because I have to your point. I haven't haven't really heard many lessons in any of my schooling on black history or the black experience. Mm -hmm. And I didn't take no African-American 
studies class in college. So I didn't hear. So it was a lot of reading on my own. And honestly, I didn't really start reading on my own until my late 20s. Mm-hmm. Even Black History Month, like that was kind of, that wasn't like, a, I don't think they made a big thing. It was bigger in, in our day as, as young um uh, public school students than I think it is because of McDonald's. <laughs> no, because of McDonald's, yeah. But like my daughter is like she, you know, like she can go the whole month without hearing anything, any mention of it, and it surprised me that her school didn't like. All right, well, let's just have a Black History Month day. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but and, and but the funny thing is, it could be the teachers too, because in kindergarten, because uh, if I remember correctly, um. I, the school shuts everything shut down in March, right? The world shut down in March. So in February, mm-hmm. I remember her coming home talking about. She tried to explain to me who Martin Luther King was and who Rosa Parks was. Like she literally mm-hmm. like broke. So it, that in kindergarten, she got a little something of it. Now, once again, like I said, it could be that there's a pandemic and the curriculum is all different. You know what I mean? And gets a little thrown off because they're doing it virtually. But I remember her trying to break down who Martin Luther King was to me. And I, I was like, not exactly, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? I see, yeah. <laughs> I see what you were going for there. You know what I mean? He, he fought for rights and everything. I see what you were going he, for. He fought, fought for rights. And on his birthday, they, they have used car sales. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so like I said, it could be it could be curriculum based, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be based on, on who's teaching the, the kids. But I thought it was like, and then uh, just to my other point that I was making a second ago, it's like, in Illinois, uh, a bill requiring mandatory Asian American history be taught in schools passed in the House of in the, in the Illinois House. Um, the bill mm-hmm. HB zero three seven six would require that every public elementary school and high school in Illinois teach a unit of Asian American history starting in the two thousand twenty two twenty three year. Mm-hmm. Um, students will learn the history of Asian Americans in Illinois and the Midwest, as well as the community's contributions towards advancing civil rights. Um, and now, you know, obviously it's head, headed to the Senate. Um, but like, I'm like, yo, they're trying to whitewash it on one side. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, because I think at the end of the day, it's a melting pot. And we only really learn one culture's view of it. Right. It's like, it's yeah. how could we, it, it, I don't even know if there's a way that it could be taught in a universal way. You know what I mean? From, from all people's rights. Right. Like, it's a, it, I don't even know. <laughs> I got, I got literally think like Asian Americans have to make sure their kids understand Asian American history. Like African Americans have to make sure their kids understand African American history because you might get a distorted view. The problem with that yeah, is if right. is if everyone's taught by their parents, we might not all be taught the truth. <laughs> if that, and, that, and that's a big problem as we see nowadays. Like yeah. mm-hmm. everyone having their own reality. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean to your point, but if we're a melting pot, because all this history stuff, I mean humans are the ones who tell it. And by virtue of being human, it all comes through a filter of some type of perspective or some type of opinion, opinion to some extent, even though it's supposed to be fact based, but or it, it it gets filtered through some type of lens. So and it's, it's written by the winners, white dudes. Eyes. Exactly. And it's written by the winners. So except the, the history of the Confederate war you know, losers <laughs> that's that's the first set of losers whose jerseys they get shipped somewhere to the third world that they still get they still get the the shine which is bizarre still hanging yeah, in some man, rafters too yeah exactly so that's the the exception to the rule the confederate thing where the history is written by the losers mm-hmm. but for the most part the history is written by the winners and the history is written by the quote-unquote majority and it, it gets filtered through a certain way. So now you look at the Texas thing, and the history is going to be filtered through that. And there's no chance of it being filtered through the people who were had the deepest experience of that history. It has to be written by the person, the, the the quote unquote majority or the man in power. In some cases, the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So and, and now, now they're trying to enshrine it in law that now nah, you can't teach teach this stuff a certain way. And apparently, Illinois is trying to reverse that. And I guess, and I'm thinking, like, why do you have to document document that in legislature? But as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, you do, because at a certain point, they documented, they documented uh, oppression into, like, they documented it into the law to say, yeah, if you're this color or that color, you can't do or you can't have certain rights. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to say that. Well, you know what? Let's enshrine it in the law that we will teach this history, and this history will be taught responsibly. Definitely, definitely. Um, getting tight on time, Keith, so you know we got to pivot right now to one of my favorite segments, Half 
you heard i basically bring things to the table that i've seen come across you know what i mean headlines and things like that and that's my man keith has he heard uh first up keith have you heard the cdc advisors endorse pfizer's vaccine for children ages 12 to 15 Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. They made that joint PG-13. That's crazy. That's big. That's big for the back-to-school joint. Like, you know, they already said kids aren't that all that dangerous when it comes to, to COVID. But, like, even if they're not that dangerous, it, it can't hurt to make it a little bit safer to return to school. So I think this, getting kids back to school is a, is a big step towards getting back to normal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, kids don't, because hey, the kids don't commonly get sick or get too sick from it. Um, but they can still could spread it, right? They still could bring something right. home, so you know, I mean, to the family. So, um, an advisory committee to the SDC um, voted to recommend the vaccine for use in children ages twelve to fifteen. Um, Doctor uh, Yvonne Milando went on to say, approving COVID nineteen vaccines for children twelve to fifteen years of age is an important step in removing barriers for vaccinating children of all ages. Um, which I think that'll be the next step. Um, now, I guess the question is, how how much faith do you have that people would send their kids to do it? Because there's already hesitancy among the population that was allowed to do it before, right? So now it's yeah. like, if you were afraid to put it in your own body, are you trusting it? Which I think a lot of people actually, just surprisingly, would rather put something in their kid than put something in themselves. <laughs> Which is fucked That's up. Crazy. <laughs> Which is actually really <laughs> fucked up. But Try I think, it out on them first. <laughs> I think a lot of people... Cause, and then also, like a lot of, some people obviously have their kids vaccinated. They don't know what your kid is vaccinated for. They just did it because that's what yeah. they they know they had to do. You know what I mean? That's what the doctors told them to do. Yeah. That's what they that's what they they thought to do. Um, but do you think that 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 we will see uh, a lot of kids? I guess um, by the end of the summer being vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the goal is. I think you'll see enough. I think a lot of people they would be happy for what whatever millions of of the adults get it. So mm-hmm. if let's say five, you know, five hundred thousand kids, which is a small number, get vaccinated in the U.S., that'd be a big deal. Like, all right, that, that's a start. Mm-hmm. That's like a, a, a cherry on top because I don't know that we expect the kids to, to uh, be approved to be vac- vaccinated not this, this early in the year. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. First of all, I, I was expecting 2022 type stuff. Word up. When, I didn't expect that we'd be vaccinated by the before the middle of the year. <laughs> when I first heard right. about it, I was like, yo, we'll get maybe August <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that's dope that it's moving so fast along. I don't know if that's that it inspires confidence in people <laughs> that is moving right. that fast along. But however, I am I'm pleased with it because my plans for this summer. I mean, not that I'm, I'm making grand plans, but definitely my plans for being out doesn't seem as limited as it did going into last summer. Right. So, um, that's 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 big, man, Keith. Have you heard your favorite poet, Maya Angelou, will be appearing on the U.S. quarter? Nah, I have not heard that. How that how's that going to work? Um, the new U.S. quarters will feature um, women. Um, quarters on the back, on the tail side. Just <laughs> still going to be uh, your man. Who's it on the front? George? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still gonna be George, George Jefferson. <laughs> still gonna be on the front, but um, yeah, on the back they're gonna have uh one with uh writer and poet Maya Angelou and another one with astronaut Sally Ride. Uh, I believe she was one of the first women to fly in space. Um, they're also gonna have others, but they they're looking for like suggestions right now. Um, uh, where the only criteria is that obviously the woman had to pass away. Um. But yeah, they're planning to drop that out within the next four years. Um, I don't, that's huge for Maya Angelou, though, right? That's dope. Yeah, kind of a weird criteria because if if you just mad accomplished, I guess I guess it'll be weird if you're just walking around Earth doing normal shit and you paying stuff with your own quarter, which if. God, that's be like some Prince Hakeem shit. <laughs> I think that's why they want them to be dead. Yeah, they like they don't they don't want you using your, your actual currency. <laughs> we don't want you getting that satisfaction. We ain't trying to blow your head up. You gotta die first. I don't want you seeing this shit. I didn't even remember Maya Angelou. I had to look it up. I was like, oh yeah, Maya Angelou did pass away. Because <laughs> at first I was yeah, thinking that's that crazy. I was thinking that she'd be able to like use her own quarter, but like yeah, like it's um. I mean, in a year where we're finding out Harriet Tubman's gonna be on the twenty eventually. Um, 
I think that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty awesome for for women just in general, um, and black women on top of that. Yeah. Um, Keith, have you heard? NBC will not air the next Golden Globes. Why somebody's airing it? So why isn't NBC airing it? NBC will not be airing it due to a lack of diversity in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Apparently, there aren't any black people in the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> and oh, all right. that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was a New York. It was a Los Angeles Times um, investigation um, raised ethical questions about the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association, and as well as its absence of black members. Uh, after the investigation, they have promised to bring in black members, um, but. NBC went on to say, we continue to believe that the HFPA is committed to meaningful reform. However, changes magnitude takes time and work, and we strongly feel that the Hollywood Foreign Press needs time to do it right. As such, NBC will not air the 2022 Golden Globes. Um, but I think it should be noted that this year was one of the lowest rated for the uh, Golden Globes for them, um, despite being a pandemic. And I think that might have something to do with <laughs> why they felt so strongly about getting out. Yeah, um, but but maybe they try to hide it under the guise of trying to do what's right. You know what I mean? Um, for diversity, I guess. Yeah, they think they slick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some businesses that they'll try to do something good for 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 diversity, whatever, but they won't do it. And you know, fair enough, they won't do it unless like it makes sense for the business. Mm-hmm. So, Glo- Golden Globe sucks now. Now they decide to say, oh, we're not airing the Golden Globes. They're gonna break up with the Golden Globes anyway. Yeah. But you know what's funny though is that it's hard now. I'm sure there's some other network out there who who wouldn't mind having the Golden Globes, but now they can't touch it because it's like, oh well, they don't got diversity. You look like the Fox News so now, of uh, <laughs> award shows and shit. I, I was just about to say, I was like, the only network that might touch it is Fox News. <laughs> now you're like, oh, Fox News Golden Globes. Damn, I, I fucked that up for you. I fucked that joke up. <laughs> nah, but it's like, yeah, because you know, when somebody gets in some type of trouble, that you might see them on Fox News, like, no problem. Like, come on, come on down. And I feel like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, somebody might want the Golden Globes. Um, but I guess, yeah, this year, uh, hosted by Amy uh, Poehler and Tina Fey, only was watched by 6.9 million people. It's but. Yeah, I, 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 you raise a good question. If there was one of the highest rated shows ever. Uh, this year, would they be as quick? Or would they be like, yeah, let's give him a chance. Let him, let him hire a black guy or two. <laughs> Look at Michael Jackson. They gave him mad chances. Yep. Why? Because right. he made Thriller and bad. <laughs> he, he was he was profitable when he needed to be. Exactly. Uh, Keith, speaking of music, man, have you heard Jay-Z, Tina Turner, and the Foo Fighters will be inducted in this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nah, I didn't hear. I mean, Jay-Z. Jigga man. That's what's up, but he's not even, he, he's, all, he's in his early 50s, so like he didn't even have to get that old before he got inducted. Right up. Um, he's also That's a, crazy. Tina Turner's in, a, in her late 70s, right? Yep. Tina Turner's in her late 70s. Tina Turner is already in it, though, with Ike, but now she's going to be inducted as a solo artist. Ah... <laughs> That's interesting. When did they induct her? Uh, after I that, asked that because after that HBO documentary like, came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm wondering, I'm like, whose idea? Like, I guess who? I'm saying whose idea was it to induct her with Ike Turner? Because then I wonder, like, what point in history in our time did they induct her? Like, they can't induct Ike Turner now in the in the in the hall. That's a good question. When where? That is a good question. When was Tina? Uh, it was thirty years ago. <laughs> so okay, nineteen ninety one. Exactly, just in time. Right before the movie dropped. <laughs> oh, it was before the movie dropped. I, I knew be- it. <laughs> I believe so. Um, that's what I wonder. I'm like, yo, they, they inducted both of them. <laughs> Let me see. Wonder what's love got to do with it? Drop. <laughs> 1993. <laughs> yeah, so, yep. There you go. My man Ike is like, I got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> you got, you got in there. Yeah, exactly. Is Michael Jackson in there? He must have been inducted already. I believe so. Uh, let me double check. But Jay-Z was, this was, he was the first um, 
a first ballot. Um, oh, okay. Hall of Famer, yeah. Um, and he's so, also, so he's the third rapper to get in behind Biggie and Tupac, but he's the first alive one. <laughs> uh, that's Biggie. crazy. Yeah. Yo, random. Uh, this might be controversial, but I was listening to old school hip hop. Do you think Tupac was overrated? You're not the first person that asked me that. That's funny you brought that up. Um, no. Uh, it was funny because I, I, I was uh, I think revisionist history might make you think like that because of the lack of complexity in his rhymes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> nights full of Hennessy. <laughs> no, but think about it, bro. Tupac made a story, and I realized this because I was listening to Rock the Bells Radio, which I mentioned early on at Sirius XM, and um, I wonder if Heaven Got a Ghetto came on, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yo, Pac made me really feel like I was back in that time." <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm saying like I really he, he was a great storyteller he knew how to like he, he was a poet more than anything you know what I'm saying like he knew how to like build the tone whereas I don't think he was the deepest storyteller I don't think he could tell a story like like uh, 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 um, Biggie Smalls or even a Ghostface or, or something like that but I think he definitely could could make a song where you feel like you're you're in the room with him yeah <laughs> I'll say yeah you're right and also he conveyed emotion better than any rapper that mm-hmm. I can think of like that like true emotion like you felt like what he was feeling but what I would say is that he's he, he only the best but he he's inefficient man he takes a lot of shots to 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 hit some cause like probably got like a th- literally a thousand songs out there but you know he might have like 30 fire songs which is a good number Maybe he should have kept his albums tight. It well, I think he also he didn't have the advantage of what other artists have of thinking that they're gonna live a long time. He, he seemed like he was kind of making music the way that like someone who has a life threatening disease kind of it's like I got to get as much out, you know what I mean, as I can yeah. as I still got this. Whereas I think if he would have if he would have had that peace of mind of I'm gonna live to be sixty something years old, he would have took more time in between his projects and thought about more what he wanted to say in terms of like as an overall message. Um, but hip hop was weird. It's funny, like mad profound like interviews are coming out about like like that DMX done. You know what I mean? Like I was like, well, how come I was I was never seeing this stuff? You know what I mean? Because no, the interest wasn't there. Now that he's dead, you know what I mean? The interest is there. And he said something really profound. Uh, where he was like, I he's like I the I've never seen Notorious Big smile. I've never seen Biggie Small smile until he was dead. And then you seen the hypnotized video, and he was like, "I, n- I never." He's like, "Just the the genuineness in his smile." And I was like, "It was funny because that stuck out to me too." When you see Biggie smile in the hypnotized video, it's like because you never seen him smile before that. You always seen him scowling, yelling, hitting the cereal box. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> being mad, yeah. you know? but you never seen him smile. And it was like, because and, and you 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 said it just now. Tupac was able to be all his emotions to the point that it even that seemed weird to people that he was a real human that he was. He wanted to have sex with women on one song, but wanted to save the female race. That complexity of humanness, you know what I'm saying, is it was like weird to people. That that Biggie Small smiling and showing human emotion is like, whoa, this is the guy that was killing people on the other song, you know what I mean? That was talking about the previous yeah. song. So it was just like it it, it it was a it was um not very free time for I think artists of that of hip hop culture at that time. For them to be able to yeah, express. Definitely that. not. And, and to that point of uh having that feeling, that feeling of urgency that you don't got much longer to live. Could explain why Tupac went to the studio. Whoever was there, he would let them get on the track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, who's here today? Uh, you. You going to lay down some, some uh, a verse on my joint. Word up. To nah. the point where, where his feature diss song for Biggie just had like mad dudes on it. He's like, I'm going to let my these five dudes, what's your name? Oh, all right, yeah, you going to spit on this? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> nah, it's, it's you know, the hip hop. Like it's funny. Like um, you could like debate about hip hop all day, obviously, because I think it's 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 subjective. You know what I mean? But um, is there is a real history? I, I hate when people like do it though. Like I try to listen to Michael, what's his name? Michael Dyson. 
He has a, he has a book uh, about Jay Z. Eric Michael Dyson. Or yeah, whatever. Eric Michael Dyson. Yeah, I like listen to the first chapter of his Jay Z book, and I'm like, I think like we're going too hard, man. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like you going. I think Jay Z was writing rhymes at a certain point. Like you just you making it seem like he was just going so deep, and Jay Z does have complexity in his rhymes where he is trying to go deep. He is trying to say things that you're not going to catch until maybe your third or fourth listen. But just the way that Michael Dyson is just so passionate about it. <laughs> it feels kind of nah, he goes overboard man I didn't. I don't know about his book but I see him in interviews on the news and stuff and that dude he's spitting Jay-Z and talking about some crazy shit about the Underground Railroad I'm like this dude trying to Jay-Z's trying to get a buck he just happened to be good at putting words together but so yeah I mean when you listen to uh how, uh, money cash holes how real was that nigga what that really means is uh, when you take a Black Panther party yeah, man. Yo, that's what. Yo, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, I was born on the day that Eric, uh, that that um, Fred Hampton was was assassinated or whatever. He's trying to break that shit down. And I'm like, I don't think Jay was going that hard with that rhyme. He, he just went in the Encyclopedia Britannica. He said, oh, "Word, this is my birthday, and I can make this rhyme." <laughs> shit. Yo, but it, I was like that. I felt like that was like a throwaway rhyme off of like uh, Watch the Throne. You know what I'm saying? And Eric Dyson is breaking that shit down like Jay Z saving the black race with this shit. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I mean, Jay Z's profound because he's mad smart, right? Yeah. Cause like he he blew when he was in his mid twenties, which is older than a lot of other dudes. But and just aside from that, he's just a smart guy, so he mm-hmm. probably knows mad stuff that a lot of people don't. But I don't know if it's that deep. It's that PhD level shit. <laughs> he was partying on a lot of these songs. Yeah, my man said I got a whole college course about this shit. But I think that's the beauty that's of hip hop, though. Like, for, like literally, I could turn on a certain song and I could be in a mode to clean my crib, or you know what I mean. It'll take me back to a certain time, or I could get a bunch of shit. I could work out now better than I could before. You know what I mean? So I, I love hip hop yeah. to that. But then I was like, damn, I don't think I love it enough to listen to this Audible book about this shit. <laughs> Michael so Dyson. sucks. <laughs> Is what you're I, I'm gonna give it another try. I'm gonna give it another, like a, a little more listen. But but the, it was it was. I'm like, damn. I gotta take a break. <laughs> like, you making me hate reasonable doubt, man. <laughs> but um. <laughs> To answer your question, Michael Jackson is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was um, enshrined in 1997. Um, but a shout out to Jay Z, though. I think that's that's huge, man. Huge for Jay Z. Uh, before we get up out of here, Keith, I got one more for you, though, man. Have you heard? In Ohio, five people will win one million dollars in a lottery, where uh, basically the only criteria for them to be in- included was to get a vaccine. Um, to bolster slumping demand for the vaccine, the state will use federal coronavirus relief funds, uh, which we're not sure if that's legal, <laughs> to pay for a weekly lottery beginning May 26th, where five different people will win $1 million. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that is, that's, that's very interesting. That is a profound way. See, this is the thing I think that causes vaccine hesitancy. Like, I'm watching Hulu and every other commercial is like, get, go get vac- vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated. And then it's like, we're, what are we? We're having a lottery now <laughs> to make people get it, but I, but I totally understand it because you got all these vaccines. The shits go bad. It's not like we could just store them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. like, all right, let's keep them in the fridge when people decide they want to come along. So it's like anytime you see the shit slowing down, you gotta, you gotta make it happen. You gotta like turn it up. Like how can we, how can we make people come and get this shit? Put them in a lottery. Yeah, that 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 shit with one the the hesitancy and wanting more people in you know whatever city or whatever you you're you're in charge of to get it, and also yeah that that point of the inventory like it ain't like storing you know canned goods or like Tylenol or pills or something like they gotta they it requires special storage, and then once it comes out of storage, they gotta start gotta start putting it putting it in people's arms. In New York, in the city, they got. They positioned it near the train stations and shit now. They get vaccines right there? Trying to make... I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like right there where you swipe your Metro card, but <laughs> it's good. <laughs> but it's... I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how they did the logistics of it, but they said they're moving it close to a bunch of train stations. Smart, like, man. For, I guess to a point where it's like, well, I might as well just go... And it's walking clinics too, so... I guess I could just run in there right quick before I hop on the train to go wherever I'm going. Yeah, I see some states have offered free beer. So if you go, like, they'll be giving the vaccine at, at bars. You get a free drink if you get it. Uh, gift cards, saving bonds. Um, 
I did see a doctor say the other day that I forgot where I, I don't want to mess up the location, but basically where he was at out of like the 150 cases that came of coronavirus that came in the, the, the day or two before he was like a hundred percent of those people were not vaccinated. <laughs> and I was like, hey, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good argument right there. Yeah. I'm like, shit is crazy, man. But yeah, I guess in Ohio where this is happening, um, thirty six percent of the population has fully is, is fully vaccinated compared to thirty five percent nationally. And um nearly twenty thousand state residents have died from the virus. So um it's 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 still a pandemic, people. So you know what I mean? Let's get it together, let's get it right, do what you gotta do, make a make a wise decision because you know what I mean it is health out here. We trying to get back to we trying to get back to them old days, man. <laughs> we trying to get back to them barbecues and them beaches, man. But Keith, that's another episode in the book, brother. Before we go to the barbecue and the beaches, tell these people where they can find you at on social media. Instagram, me and my underscore 35. Definitely. You can find your boy DJ Playboy on Instagram at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-E-Z-Y. Um, make sure you follow Perfect Talk Podcast at Perfect Talk Radio on Instagram. Um, also, we got a website. We got a website, www.perfecttalkpodcast.com. Every episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast, um, my radio show, The Night Shift, as well as my other radio show, Money Talks Radio, that I do with my dog, my man, DJ Show. Um... Every episode of Perfect Talk Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever your podcasts are available. Please leave a review, leave a rating, because we love that, and, and they love when y'all do that, too. Um, America, I'm going to try to, you know, hold me accountable, Keith, you know what I mean? Perfect Talk, hold me accountable, you know what I mean? Hopefully I get my bike on, you know, hit me up in like a week or two and be like, yo, you still riding that bike? Don't let that shit collect dust, you know what I mean? Because I'm trying, I'm trying to live, baby. <laughs> yeah man Lance Armstrong of the streets turning 37 this year you know I figure yo this is the point right like, like the, the point of no return if I don't start getting my health together now it might it's gonna get harder and harder <laughs> so I was like you know what I'm saying well I still got that that youthfulness on my age let me let me try to get out here and do something but uh Keith what you watching nowadays man you see you seen that new Michael B. Jordan joint on uh Prime with Lauren London hell yeah it's tough and you know what like mm-hmm. yeah it's tough it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a, just a good fun action movie like he's just shooting shit up i don't know what it's about i watch it from to from beginning to end i'm just like yo this nigga michael b old punched a dude broke a, another cassarist shot people it, it was crazy he got shot uh lauren london's in it so yeah it, it, it's just a fun watch uh i you know you know how you can't help because now ratings is on everything yeah, and even when it's not on everything, like Google it real quick and see what this thing's review is. So the reviews are low. I saw like the Rotten Tomatoes. I can't remember what it was, but it was like fifty percent of whatever the full rating could be. So if it may be like fifty out of a hundred, or two, you know, two and a half out of five, something like that. Okay. And you know, I try not to watch the ratings, but the way my Google TV is set up, like that, you just can't see the it. ratings. So I'm like, oh, and so I tried to ignore it, but I can see why. They um, rated it so low. I suspect it's because like the the plot ain't tight. Mm. But yo, it's a movie that's not meant for you to care about the plot. Do you know what Rambo's about? Me neither, nigga. That shit, but <laughs> shit is just fun, kid. Shit but is we just, need that. Just, yeah, you need that. Sometimes. We need that. It's just yeah. bananas. <laughs> we need yeah, that bro. sometimes, man. But but what are you watching nowadays? Uh, so right now it's about the NBA, man. This play-in tournament thing, the idea of it sounds terrible, but actually seeing it, because now the number 10 seed is balling. Important, right? On each, you, yeah. Do you think you agree with LeBron that whoever thought of it should be fired? or? Man, Le- LeBron's being mad menstrual right now, because last year he <laughs> didn't care about that when, when L.A. was, I think, the number one or number two seed. Or uh, the Lakers were the number mm. one or two, number two seed. But now that he might have to be in the play-in tournament, He's complaining about it. I mean, it kind of sucks. It sucks if you usually, if you're number eight, you know you're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of, they say they've shortened the season. So the question is, I guess you can't please everybody. Because now with the shortened season, if you're a 10 seed, you can say, oh, well, if I had 10 more games, I could have. we could have made it. We could have slipped in there. But now you shorten the season so we don't get that chance of that last push for the playoffs. Playoff push, yeah. But for as a fan though, that shit like people are balling right until the very end. 
Which is good. More people are balling. Exactly. It's just good. Yeah, tanking or just sitting out. You know what I mean? So that's that is good. Um, no, and it it adds another level of excitement to it. So definitely, like, uh, it 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 it, because you take away the 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 regular season has like it's not what it's worth, what it used to be worth. You know what I'm saying? With like the way that guys sit out. So now it adds another level of all right, sit out if you want. (laughs) You might need them games later. You know what I mean? So that's good to see, man. Um. Everybody out there, you know what I mean? Like, do your thing. Stay healthy. Stay blessed. Uh, get better every day. Keep grinding. Keith, congratulations again. The baby shower was a success, my man. Um, happy birthday once again. You know, hopefully, you know what I mean, the, your, the rest of your life is, is becomes the best of your life. And uh, we're just going to keep things moving, man. Say goodbye to the people, brother. Peace. Peace.